The Fourth Wall, Episode 10, Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy. You're listening to The Fourth Wall, a podcast that takes you beyond the screen or the page and brings you into our conversations with the creative people behind your favorite movies, TV shows, comics, and more. My name is Andrew Husband, and I'm a contributing writer here at Den of Geek. Today, we're talking to Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy, two members of the comedy troupe Broken Lizard and part of the creative team behind such modern comedy classics as Super Troopers and Beer Fest. They've also been podcasting for years over at Chewin' It. Nowadays, they're show running and starring in the hit true TV series Tacoma FD, a comedic look at firefighters battling their own boredom while on the job. Heffernan and Lemmy were gracious enough to talk to me about the show and more for today's episode. Enjoy! Thanks again for doing this. I'm glad that it was able to work out. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, our pleasure. I wanted to start, uh, Steve, you were posting some hilarious images of the two of you from college and like sort of the early days of Broken Lizard over the last few days. And that got me to thinking, um, obviously, the two of you, your friendship and your years going back, you know, a lot of that sort of uh, informs what you guys have done over the years and especially Tacoma FD. And so I was wondering how much of you two seeps into Terry and Eddie in this show? Uh, it is our, certainly our dynamic, you know, uh, Kevin and I sort of like to playfully butt heads often, but, you know, I think in terms of the stories that we write, a lot of them do come from, uh, the things that have happened to Kevin and I when we're spending time with each other on the road, perhaps, you know, like for instance, I have noticed, I mean, it's, it's, impossible to ignore the fact that every time i have a meal with kevin heffernan he spills sauce on his shirt <laughs> and it's breakfast lunch and dinner and it's usually within the first couple of bites and it happens all the time and i get mad at him about it and so that's something that we bicker about like a married couple and so naturally it's the type of thing that makes it into the show so um you know i think amassing all that time together that we spend uh, definitely has informed our characters is it is it ever a challenge to sort of find the balance of you know obviously you have these you know personal experiences and and your real life friendship and that is going to inform the work that you do but is there ever sort of a sort of a moment where you have to realize well we're also creating something new and we we want to find the right balance between you know using ourselves to inform these characters or these jokes or these moments but also we don't just want to like copy and paste our lives into whatever it is that we're doing I think definitely you want to draw the line, but I mean, you know, the, the reality is you end up writing stuff that you know and, and, you, and that you know is funny, and, and there's parts of the dynamic between Steve and me that, that's just funny, and I, I think we don't, we don't shy away from that. You know, I think there's a point where, yeah, like anyone gets tired of their parents bickering, there's a point where maybe we bicker too far <laughs> or whatever it is, <laughs> and you don't want to uh, make it unpleasant. But uh, I, I don't think we have any reservations about using some of our personal dynamics and putting them into the show. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and plus, I imagine, too, because I was I was reading that you guys, you know, obviously you two and the writers are, are writing these scripts for these episodes. But you're also yourselves and the rest of the cast sort of have a lot of room to sort of improv, be it jokes or moments and scenes and beats. And so improvisation, oftentimes, you know, actors and performers pull from themselves and so I imagine there's a lot of that going on, not just with you two, but with the rest of the cast as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, our approach has always been to, 
you know, we like for the script to be good and something that, you know, if, if there was no improv, you'd, you'd still be satisfied and happy with the, uh, with the outcome. And then, you know, if you can get some great improv on top of it, then now you're, that's gravy. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, all the actors that we got turned out to just be terrific at, at improvising. And, you know, I think that has added to the mayhem of the show because, you know, a lot of the time we'll just let those guys and girls go off on whatever it is, their, whatever tangent it is that they've chosen to, to speak about at that moment. And then we're in the editing room and, and we actually have too many options. And so it's, uh, you know, it becomes a success problem or embarrassment of riches, as we like to say. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, those guys are just drawing from themselves and they're all fairly ridiculous people. So (laughs) the, uh, the, the outcome can be fairly ridiculous. When you guys were putting the show together and casting, was that, was that something that you were looking for people who could, you know, obviously like perform these characters, but also like had improv chops or background, or was it sort of just a happy happenstance? Yeah, it's a little of both. I mean, it's important to us, like when we were casting, we wanted people who were comedy generators, you know. It's okay to get someone who can, you know, competently deliver the lines, but you want someone to add that extra special something on there. And that was important to us. Just because coming from the Broken Lizard world, that's what we have amongst each other, you know. So we wanted those people to have that kind of X factor, you know. And so we were definitely looking for that. I think we got it more than we even thought because, you know, we cast certain people into parts, maybe for certain looks or certain, you know, reasons. And then uh, each of them ended up bringing way more to the part than we had ever expected in a very kind of pleasant surprise kind of way, you know? Mm-hmm. Are there, are there any that have particularly stood out so far this first season? Like I personally, my, my favorite has been uh, Eugene as Andy. Like he, every time he's in a scene, he just, he, he does something or says something that I, I'm it come, feels like it comes out of left field and it's always a treat. Yeah, well, that's certainly the case with, with Eugene. I mean, but he, you know, he comes from that world. He's he's an improviser, mm-hmm. and uh, so we kind of expected that with him. I think it's it's the other guys, you know, like Marcus Henderson. You know, that that part is supposed to be the smart, intelligent guy, a guy with the, with the most gravitas and sort of the most grounded. And we were surprised, you know, when we after we cast him, we found out that he went to Yale Drama and that he could improvise a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that was added value there. And then, uh, Gabe Hogan, who plays Ike Crystal, we really just wanted like a big, dumb, muscular, hot <laughs> dude. And, uh, and, and that's what we got. You know, when, when he auditioned, we were like, he walked out of the audition room. Kevin and I turned to each other. We were like, Oh my God, look at those biceps. Did you see those biceps? We were so excited. And then when we shot the pilot, he started improvising and, and improvising well. And then, you know, we got the series and those two guys just, you know, really surprised us. And then Hassie came in and we, you know, we wanted somebody who could really hold her own with all the guys. Mm-hmm. And, and we knew that she had that coming in. And then, you know, when she started to improvise too, it was just, she was keeping up with everybody. So like, you know, Eugene was the one we expected and the other three kind of all surprised us with how good they were. And the fun part of it was we, we shot our pilot and then we opened the writer's room and then wrote rest, the rest of the episodes. And so by the time we started doing that, we kind of knew what we had, which is great. And we just started writing episodes to characters. So like the episode that airs this week is a very kind of Eugene episode. It's, a, it's about Andy. And it just gives Eugene a chance to do those kind of 
cool, interesting kind of left field things that he does for the whole episode. Mm hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about the experience you two have had so far, essentially running a show. Because I mean, you've you've done the films, The Broken Lizard. You've both of you have TV experience, but I, if I remember correctly, this is your first experience like running a show top to bottom. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 been eye opening in, in a way. I mean, yeah, we we consider ourselves veterans, kind of, <laughs> but there were definitely things that we were doing here that that we had never done before, and we definitely leaned on some people who had, you know, experience in the TV world. But when you got right down to it, it was a lot of, you know, we used the crew that we used and we used a lot of our actors that we know. And it was just making like an extended movie. But the interesting thing about it was how much more material a 10 episode season is than a movie. It's about three times the material. And so it was just making like making a super long movie, which got kind of grueling at times, but but was exciting to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I think our, our entire careers have sort of been learning by fire. You know, when we made our first movie, Puddle Cruiser, nobody knew what they were doing. And, you know, we were shooting on 35 millimeter film for the first time and had never made a movie or anything like that. And it's like you really... Uh, to quote uh, the great movie Reservoir Dogs, you just shit in your pants and dive in and switch. <laughs> and that's really, I mean, Kevin, you know, can attest to this because he's he's really been at the front lines of this thing since uh, since you started making Public Cruiser in terms of like, you know, the, the producing and the post producing. Like it's learning uh, from doing, and that's that's the case now with the TV show. Uh, we, yeah, no, we've never show run a show, but we were lucky in that we. You know, first of all, in the writing process, we got these. Uh, we got a couple of writers, Seaver Glarum and Michael Jammon, who've been showrunners for a lot of different shows, and so they they were just kind of there to influence us and educate us while we wrote. Uh, and then after the writers' room was closed, the post production really was like Kevin was saying, an extended post production, like you would have on a movie just with a lot of different episodes and, and, and storylines and, uh, and and really tough, quick deadlines to hit. Well, yeah, those two, and then, like, you you guys had uh, Carrie Clifford and, and Jessica Polanski in the writer's room. Like, you, a lot of, like, great, talented comedy writers and just people sort of who, who know the ins and outs of comedy TV, like, were, came in to be a part of the show. Like, I remember seeing, like, the, the lists True TV put about, about who's involved in it. And I was just like, this is, this looks great. Like, obviously you guys are awesome. And like, you brought so much to it, but like seeing who you guys were paired up with was just looked great. Even before I saw the first episode. Yeah. And even like Soder, you know, Paul Soder came along mm -hmm. and, uh, and we put him in the writer's room and he was another form of uh, another security blanket for us because when the writer's room closed, we kept him on as a consulting producer. And so if there were ever things that needed to be done at the last minute or moments where we needed help coming up with a joke or something like that, uh, he was there to help out with that. And he's somebody that we trust and we've worked with for a long time as well. And so, and you know, he was a major contributor to the, the show as well. And he acted in, uh, in last week's episode as, as Wolf Boykins. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so one thing I was curious about was, you both in other interviews have talked about your interest in and personal connections to sort of firefighters and first responders. I think it's it's you, Kevin. You have a a cousin who's a firefighter, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So there's there's that personal connection. But I was wondering, is that where the idea for Tacoma FD started, or was there something else that sort of 
brought this this idea to y'all's attention? Well, I think that was definitely part of it. I mean, I've had family members and I have family members who are firefighters and, you know, they've always told us, you know, they've been fans of Super Troopers and they've always told us that they have kind of a, a world like that and that, you know, they always brag about it being a funnier world than the Super Troopers world. <laughs> and so that was that was definitely a part of it. But also, you know, coming off of Super Troopers 2, well, actually, we were in the middle of Super Troopers 2 when we were kind of doing this thing, too. Was, you know, we, we knew that there was a – we have a fan base that likes us in that kind of world, you know. And yeah. I think that was definitely a part of that. And then once we started exploring this firefighter world and seeing how it was different than the police world and how the wealth of comedy material that's in there about these guys screwing around in the station all the time and, and going on these crazy calls they go on. And I, I think, you know, it just kind of opened it up to be we knew it was a pretty fertile world to to put the show in you know well and it's also because i when i first started seeing previews for it and I, and I first heard about it you know a lot of people were essentially describing it as you know oh it's super troopers but with firefighters but ha- having seen the the first six episodes there are elements of that but I, I i get the sense that this is a much more i mean it's still a silly funny show about you know these first responders and professionals but it's it feels more serious i guess you you could say than super troopers does that make sense well yeah i mean you know the the thing that's different about uh, these guys is they live together you know like they have 24-hour shifts where they're all under one roof and so it's like you know they're not like it's not like a pair of them are out you know sitting behind a billboard or patrolling they're they're all under one roof waiting for the next call and so you know firefighters are incredibly meticulous you know they'll they'll prepare everything so that they can pick up at the drop of a hat and go without wasting time and so everything in their in their station is or everything is clean and everything is is ready to go but when all the preparation is done and they still don't have a call then they're just sitting there and hanging out and and, uh, and waiting and so they they mess with each other Mm-hmm. And they get to know each other and they and they sleep at the station and they play pranks on each other. And it's it's a different dynamic in, in terms of, you know, being creative. That's a whole aspect of firefighter life that isn't shown on TV shows right now. Like right now, you look at like your firefighting shows and it's all these like really great looking firefighters who cry all the time. <laughs> and, I think also though another kind of important element is that we learned in the TV writing world is that you know you need a little bit more in the world of like sustained arcs over the course of season and and you know as we we talked about that one of them was this family dynamic and um you know, I, I think that's something that's maybe not in Super Troopers is, is this family dynamic. I mean, you know, I have a daughter in the show, and the daughter is a, is a prominent character, and, and, you know, you have to deal with that relationship. And, and it adds some, you know, elements of heart as far as we can take it. <laughs> the Broken Lizard guys can take heart. There's an element, there's elements of heart, and there's elements of family, which I, I think maybe aren't in Super Troopers, and I, I think that maybe gave the firefighter thing a little bit, you know, another angle, which has a little more substance to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's and that's it. It's like these. Uh, if you go to these firehouses, it is a family business. There are generations of firefighters and families, and in any given station, you can find cousins, you know, uncles and, and brothers and sisters, and and then because these people are all hanging out with each other, more families get made. They're coupling with each other, and that's something that we just thought was cool, and you know. As far as TV goes, it is. It's all about those character relationships. And so it's, it's a rich world. And, of course, also there are the calls that they go out on. 
And, you know, every firefighter we've spoken to is like, it's not just fighting fires. In fact, that's most of our time is spent going out on ridiculous calls, getting people unstuck from things or getting things unstuck from people. And uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's just what they do. So, so for us as comedy writers, it's like, God, you know, there are so many different angles we can come at this thing. And also there's so many true stories, like, you know, throughout the whole season of Tacoma FD, there are so many true stories. Well, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of that. And like, and the other thing that I was sort of thinking about is that you guys, you know, you, you spend a great deal of time sort of establishing these arcs and these characters and those sort of dynamics, as well as like, you know, the, the fun and the pranks and the, the jokes therein. But I initially thought, again, when the first the show was first being promoted was, and people said, you know, oh, it's Super Troopers, but with firefighters is that, you know, they were like, like, I love the characters in Super Troopers. I'm not really sure I would necessarily want those guys to actually be like patrolling the highways near my neighborhood. But I would love to see these firefighters like in a local firehouse. Like I would trust them with my lives. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. I think, you know, Lemmy's right is that, you know, you have to delve a little deeper into character because of the amount of material for a TV series, you know. And I think, yeah, it's like... Farva, the Farva character of Super Troopers, you, you want him to be your state trooper. And, <laughs> and you know, he's a bit of a caricature of a person. And, and, uh, and you know, in Super Troopers, you don't necessarily have these kind of interpersonal dynamics. It's, it's the hijinks, and that's what we focus on. I think, I think the TV thing lets you see a little more inside these characters. And then, that, yeah, like you said, I think it makes you feel like, yeah, these guys maybe can be more authentic and you'd like for them to be your firefighters and that kind of thing, you know. But then the other thing that Kevin and I were very, uh, was very important to us was kind of what you're talking about is that we, we, you know, super troopers, those guys are always kind of reviewed as, you know, it's like bumbling highway patrolmen. And that was something we really didn't want uh, for the show, for a show about firefighters and first responders. You know, something that really was impressed upon us from the beginning is, is how prepared these guys all are and meticulous like yes they mess around but they also are great at their jobs and they put their lives on the line and we didn't take that lightly and so you know we, we've gone out of our way to make sure that you know and it's in the first episode when we're we're, we're talking about doing these station uh, tournament of champions is we're clear that all the work has been done and redone and then you know even thrice checked before these guys start to mess around and so, you know, in doing so, these guys are good at their jobs. But like all firefighters, there's this downtime when they go bananas. And that's something that we've been very careful to try to uh, a balance we wanted to find for this show. Well, yeah, like it, it, especially with that episode, a perfect example of it that just immediately came to my mind as you were saying that was, you know, when the, the, the councilwoman, Linda Price, played by uh, Susie Nakamura, you know, she's been, you know, kind of dogging on the chief and like he goes in to go in the competition and i think they're doing the the most p one when she barges in and then they get yeah. a call and they just like it's this ridiculous situation where they have these massive jugs filled with piss that they just have to abandon so they can go take care of business <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> you picked a great example one of the things that's been amazing about watching tacoma over the past few weeks is seeing the response to it not not just like you know it's getting great ratings and doing very well on true TV and getting written up in the Hollywood reporter and whatnot. But I see you guys were doing some promotional events, like actually going to a Tacoma firehouse uh, and hanging out with the firefighters. What is that general response either from firefighters or just from audiences been like on y'all's end? 
It's been pretty great. I mean, I think I think we learned a lot when we did our Super Troopers crowdfunding campaign. It really connected us, I feel like, to the audience, and and we knew the the kind of the positives of of really connecting with the audience. I mean, you know, it was our goal that firefighters, like Lenny was saying earlier, with the authenticity that firefighters would like to watch the show, and you know, fire stations across the country would be tuning into Tacoma FD because they they liked and they wanted to watch it, and that that was in our minds, you know, as we went forward. And I think, you know, when we talked to True TV, you know, we definitely brought that sentiment to them and we even brought one of the guys who did our super troopers crowdfunding campaign with us and it was like look you know we're going to make the show what's important to us is connect with the fan base and be like hey this is a show for you guys and it's what we do and what you like what we do and that kind of thing so I, I think going into it we knew we wanted to do that and so we've been kind of proactive about connecting with the fans and, and knowing that there's a, a a lot of positive out of that you know you two were talking about Doing this, pro- you know, making this season and, and getting all of this extra material just from the sake of improv and the sake of it's also TV, so it's even more, anyways. That sort of begs the question, you know, if you guys get the chance to do more of this, like True TV says, please do another season, do a couple more seasons. Like, how long, how much longer would you like to go on making this show? I would do this for 35 more years. <laughs> <laughs> I would do, really thirty five years, huh? I would do. I'll do it until I'm nine thousand years old. Like I, I love TV so much, you know. And it's like I think the fun thing for us is that you know when you make a movie, it's like you know one story with a couple of like you know B plot and a C plot, and you're so focused on just that one story and making it perfect, and it's really intense. Whereas you know. When you're shooting a TV show, I mean, it's you're shooting ten different stories, and then within each episode, there's you know there are your your B and C plot lines, but that's you know the show's 24 minutes, and so it's like it's just really fresh. Like each week, you're like, oh, cool, we're shooting the uh, the beefcake calendar episode this week. This is going to be hysterical, and you know, and within that episode, you've got the you know the different plot lines, and you know, or it's like. Oh yeah, we've got Paul Soder coming in uh, on week four to play Wolf Boykins, and you know it's just it, it keeps it fresh. And you know, from a writing standpoint, it keeps it fresh. What episode are we working on? Oh, the Full Moon episode, fantastic! You know, there's something that uh, it, it just keeps it light and positive, and you you don't get too attached to things. You know, I, I think that like in the creative room, when you're working on one movie script, you can argue a lot more when you have differences of opinion. It's like there's just one option. You know, when you're making TV shows, there's no, there's no reason to argue about things. It's like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, let's put it in and we'll find, we'll find room for that joke elsewhere, you know, whatever it is. So it's, uh, you know, I just thought it was so much more fun. And uh, there's another, another fun element I think too is just, is just that, you know, when you make a movie, it, it's all geared towards that opening weekend and, and you do that opening weekend and then it comes and it goes and you're, and you know, whatever success you have, it's still over very quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, the TV stuff is kind of cool. I, I I didn't really appreciate the fact. I mean, we have a premiere every week for ten weeks here, and there's a new episode that comes out every ten every week for ten weeks, and it's it's exciting because you have new material you're throwing out there every week. And uh, you know, I, I think that's become you know a huge positive to me. I, uh, that's why I, I would love to continue to do this. It's fun too, like uh, you know, like Kevin's talking about the opening weekend. 
you watch for that opening weekend, you know, it's like there are months leading up to it and then it happens and whether or not it does well, that is it. So like Super Troopers 2 did really well and then it's like, you know, Avengers Infinity War comes out the next week and and crushes you and you're like, oh, okay, that week was fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, or is this thing each week is like, uh, you're looking at the numbers and you're like, hey, the audience grew, that's fantastic. Or like, oh, it took a little dip, but that was to be expected. Or hey, the there are more women watching the show now, you know, like it's, it's it's fun to keep an eye on the numbers every day. You know, like Friday, you know that the show airs on Thursday and Friday afternoon you get the numbers for Thursday, and then on Monday or Tuesday you get the numbers for the for you know the first three days of the, uh, the episode airing. So it's uh, you know it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, but now Andrew's going to talk to us like a year from now, and Lemmy, you're going to be like, "This sucks. I'm tired of this shit." <laughs> I'll tell you what. You know what? Making TV is for the birds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I, sensing I, a honeymoon period. <laughs> I want to make a movie. I'm tired of making TV. It is kind of fun to see, though, especially Steve, when you were talking earlier about how you know it's, or both of you were talking about how you know it's, it's like making a movie, but like a much longer movie, like three movies, just based on the amount of material. That being said, one of the things I really love about what you guys are doing with Tacoma is that it feels more like the kinds of broadcast comedy tv shows you would see in like maybe two decades ago a decade ago before streaming and binging became a thing like as soon as i realized you guys weren't doing a show that was designed to be binge watched i was very happy and very relieved (laughs) that i would have some downtime between episodes yeah no i mean we definitely we definitely made it feel you know episodes can be kind of standalone if you want to and and uh but I think also it was a little bit of true TV. And, and uh, when we had a conversation with them, it was very much like, you know, a lot of the comedies now are moving into this darker world or, or there is that dark side of it. And, you know, they were very adamant about having, you know, very little emotion. In and we were like, we were actually trying to interject, uh, to inject emotion into the situation. They'd be like, keep it fun. And we're like, you're right, you're right, you're right. And so to their credit, you know, a lot of it was us, just being like, hey, what's funny? You know what I mean? Let's not get too buried in, in, in some of this other stuff, but let's just make a funny show. And I think that that was kind of the the idea of moving from week to week, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, that, that that episode three, for instance, was actually originally our pilot. And uh, when the daughter comes know, in, it was originally right. a pilot mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. And the daughter comes in, and, and you know it's it's now it's in episode three, and it's it's funny because there's a, an emotional scene between the chief and his daughter, and it's not really that emotional. They're just like they butted heads, and now they're having it out in the break room, and uh, just saying like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and you know, like we had like a nice like a two or three page scene written out and, and they were like, nah, less emotion, a lot less emotion. <laughs> and, you know, we boil it down to like one page of emotion and they were like, no, 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 that's still too much emotion. Let's cut that in half. And then we finally, like we cut it in half and they were like, that's still too much emotion. Let's cut it down to just these two lines here. And so like we had two lines of emotion and they were like, they were like, could you do less emotion? We're like, yeah, well, can we have one line of dialogue that's emotional? They're like, fine, fine. And that's, I think it's like, I'm sorry. I ultimately think it's uh, the emotion. But that became the mantra, right? Whenever, uh, the kind of mantra, whenever an actor went too emotional, he'd be like, no, true TV doesn't want that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. You know, I, I was thinking, another thing that's, that's, that is fun about this 
and it makes me think we are more suited for, for television. Is that like, you know, like for instance, when we're making the Super Troopers movies, you know, we'll, we'll be we'll be sitting there, but you know, between takes or, uh, or after we're done shooting for the day, and we're hanging out, we're riffing, and things come up, and we're like, oh man, that would be a funny thing for Farva to do. Like that's a funny plot line, or you know, God, it would be so funny if Thorny did this, or so be funny if Mac or Rabbit did this, whatever it is. And like you're like, yeah, okay, well, I guess if we make Super Troopers three, well, you know, we can maybe put that in, but like, you know, maybe not. You know, they might fall by the wayside. Whereas in TV, you're like, oh man, it'd be so funny if the chief had this happen to him, and that becomes an episode, and you can write that episode. And so it's like all the little things that happen to those characters as we get to know them. Just get it gets added to the pile as like another possible episode or another storyline for that character, and so it's you know it, it's fun. You, you can really get to know these characters. That's, that's something I've, I've discovered making a TV show. Like when you have an idea that sparks on the set, you know whether you're joking around, the two guys are in character joking around. You're like, well, there you go. There's a new episode. There's a new plot line. And and uh, well, I hope you get picked up for another season, Lemmy. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, but we we have a list. We have a long list of episode ideas now. Nice. Uh, well, that's pretty much all we have time for, guys. But I, I have to ask uh, before I let you go. Jay mentioned that Super Troopers three was in the works last summer, so I was curious, how's that going? Yes, it's it's very much in the works, and uh, we're in the process of writing the script now. We you know we outlined it last year, and uh, we're in the process of writing the script right now. So uh, it's going well. It's fun. It's fun for me to think about going back to Farva after being the fire chief <laughs> with less responsibility. <laughs> Indeed. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I love the show and, and I hope you get to do more seasons of it. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you so Appreciate much. It. Appreciate it. Well, that about wraps things up for this episode. Come back in two weeks for the next edition of the podcast when we'll break through the fourth wall once again to talk to another creator or performer behind the entertainment that you love. Remember to follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US. My name is Andrew Husband, and you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Husband. Find more content at denofgeek.com, and thanks for listening. Join us again next time, Beyond the Fourth Wall. Beyond the Fourth Wall.